Chocula Enthusiasts Club podcast. On this episode, a brand new JEC European Rally. JECpodcast.com. Hello and welcome to the Jaguar Enthusiast Club podcast. Wayne Scott with you once again, episode two. Or episode 75, we're not quite sure yet, off Series 3. Hope you're well. Hope you enjoyed Brooklyn's last weekend. I've just about come off the buzz of seeing all those Jaguars in one place. Some really historic models. And in particular, because it was the centenary event, amazing numbers of those early cars, still with the Swallows badge on. The most number of Austin Swallows I think I've ever seen in one place. Of all shapes and sizes, and amazing to see the different variety that Swallows put into those cars, both when they were building them on the Austin 7 platform and also, of course, later on when they were standard-based cars using engines and drivetrains from the standard motor company. And then, of course, all the way through to the SS100s and SS90s, which I'm not quite sure I've ever seen one in the flesh, to be honest. Well, there were two there last weekend at Brooklands. Some amazing examples of the larger Swallow saloons, the SS1s. And then into the post-war period, there were Mark IVs there, the very beginning of Grace, Pace and Space, of course. So, hope you enjoyed that. You can read all about it in the next issue of Jaguar Enthusiast magazine, of course, the monthly colour magazine that comes out to all Jaguar Enthusiast Club members every month packed full of over 160 pages of amazing stuff and including the Brooklyn's report from last weekend in there. You can also see all the pictures on our Facebook pages, Instagram as well. And I also caught up very briefly with James, who was running the JEC stand at the show. We'll hear from him in just a moment here on the podcast. But before we do that, and before we unveil this exciting new European rally that Pete Allen is going to be talking to us about in just a moment, I've got another unveiling for you as well, because I can now confirm the cars that are going to be starring in our moving motor show at the Summer Jaguar Festival this August. It's happening on Sunday the 14th of August at Newby Hall, North Yorkshire, and the event will continue our celebrations of the centenary of Swallow and Jaguar, beginning, of course, in 1922 with that very first Swallow sidecar, and there was an example at Brooklands, lots of photographs in that magazine article to see. But we'll be continuing the celebrations with our moving motor show where, forget those shows where cars are merely parked behind velvet ropes. None of that. We like to have our Jaguar heritage moving, revving. We like to smell it, hear it, really experience it properly. And that's what the moving motor show at the Summer Jaguar Festival is all about. The spectacle will include a cavalcade of cars, your cars, members' cars, cars that we've seen come onto the show field that we love, and I'll be telling you and the visitors to the show the story of Jaguar through our moving motor show, from the very beginning to the very latest electric cars and everything in between. We've even got an ex-police XJ40 coming as well. Can't wait to talk about that. We've got a 1935 Airline Saloon SS1. We've got a 1938 SS Jaguar 100. The Queen Mother's Mark 7 is coming. A prototype D-Type. The 1984 European Touring Car Championship winning TWR XJS is not only going to be parked up, but it's going to be revving and making that glorious V12 noise. 
And we have a 1968 Series 1 XJ6 that was owned by Sir William Lyons. Where are all these cars coming from? Of course, it is because we're supported and we will be starring the Jaguar Daimler Heritage Trust. Thank you once again to the Jaguar Daimler Heritage Trust for supporting this event and bringing all these vehicles up for us to see and experience on the Moving Motor Show. It's brilliant that not only are they sat in the museum, but they come out to play as well and we get to enjoy them. And I mentioned that Series 1 XJ6 that was owned by Sir William Lyons that will be coming to the show. We've got a very special person driving that car on our Moving Motor Show. It will be none other than Michael Quinn, Sir William Lyons' grandson, who will also be featuring on the live stage and, in an interview with me, will be exploring his memories and stories of Jaguar and his family upbringing around the brand. So that's Michael Quinn joining us at the Summer Jaguar Festival, Newby Hall on the 14th of August. And you can get your tickets now, jec.org.uk forward slash festival. You can book them now, get all the savings of advanced bookings and make sure that you've got your place secured for what is going to be a marvellous and magnificent spectacle of an event held in the gorgeous surroundings of Newby Hall in Yorkshire. jc.org.uk forward slash festival. James Blackwell, recorded at Brooklands, is next. On the JC stand where there is lots of lovely regalia for sale, I have to say, and the van is here and it has to feel a little bit more like getting back to normal for you, James, after a couple of years of not doing stuff like this. Hi Wayne, yeah, it really does feel nice. It's it feels like a proper classic and car year this year. We've you know to kick off with uh, the drive it day and a few of the early events, and then to finally get out on mass with members from from all clubs of the Jaguar community. Brilliant. If only the weather would have would have held, but it's still a fabulous event despite that. It's uh, you can feel the atmosphere. So many cars on display. And a beautiful thing as well is is it hasn't put off the classics. There's a good mix of old and new here. So, yeah, a really, really fabulous start to the year. Looking forward to the rest of it now. Absolutely. We are cowering underneath a uh, bit of dry patch here at Brooklands because, as James alludes to there, it was a sunny start here. But, of course, uh, the rain came in and made sure all the Jaguars were washed nicely for their trip home. Uh, but we've had a fantastic array of cars turn up and form what is the Jaguar Enthusiast Club display here. Probably around 100 cars, actually. There's a sign at the front that says 50 places, but I know we've certainly swamped that. And there's all sorts of a different range of cars within the club now, right the way from a really lovely and very original-looking E-Type at the front there that looks like it's never been restored, right the way back to some of the most modern F-Type, some of the facelift cars here, and absolutely everything in between. And diversity remains within the Jaguar Enthusiast Club, doesn't it very much so and it, it, it what makes us proud to be what we are and what we do in terms of that we are a jaguar community whether you're where it's old young mod it, you know it doesn't matter and it's a, i'm really glad you mentioned that that e-type because it is an original and um, a lovely story the uh, it's the son of the original owner and you're right it's never been restored it's never been touched and uh, what's been really nice today is getting the opportunity to actually speak to our members and meet these people and learn the stories about the cars and you know, on the other end of the scale there's a gorgeous SVO F-type stand at the top you know and they just sit there both both as proud as punch you know they really stand out unique for what they are 
I love it. You couldn't ask for a better a better day if if you love your Jaguars and you love that history. Can't beat it. Absolutely. The show is here is arranged in decades. So you walk your way around the Brooklyn's venue and you walk your way through the decades and eras of Jaguar starting in the 1920s with a lovely lineup of Austin Swallows. We'll go and see them in just a moment, but one of the fantastic things about this show is seeing all the volunteers out helping you again and of course the team events team at the JEC just give us an idea James of what goes into putting a show like this on for the Jaguar Enthusiast Club you know there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes isn't there there is it's an early start and it's it's a long week and it's never a case of, we, you know, we turn up in the morning, put it up, and then we go home in the afternoon. A lot of people know that there is a lot of hard work that comes into this. You know, it all starts weeks before, months before, with the actual planning of the event and the show and how it all looks and works. But for us, the, for the run-up to get the gift shop here and, um, and the volunteers here, then, yeah, that really comes into its own the week before once we've worked out what stock we're taking what you know how we're going to try and present the membership bring all of that together you know we had a nice early start yesterday in the bright sunshine setting up again in glorious sunshine getting sunburnt get the new retail element up and working which looks absolutely outstanding i have to say excellent job that uh, that mike manconi's done there and, uh, and makes it really stand out but it takes a team of people as well. So, you know, Wayne, you've come along to uh, to really help us get a, a good report to this together and get a feel for the day talking to the people. And then with the events team, Andy Weber here is the events manager, making sure we're doing what we're doing. And then obviously Mike and uh, Lee has come along to help. And I've brought my long-suffering good lady again to come and help and uh, make sure that we're, we're, uh, we're all doing as we need to be. She keeps us on our toes. But yeah, it's a, again, a small team of people to uh, to put together just a small element of one much bigger show absolutely well it's great to see the team all out and about and enjoying the event and it's good to see the members of the jaguar enthusiast club out enjoying the jaguars in person once again you're listening to the jaguar enthusiasts club podcast Lots of events you can get along to or to discover local club meets in your region. Visit jec.org.uk. Well, on this episode of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club podcast, we're getting excited and looking forward to the season ahead because I'm joined by Pete Allen, who looks after all the European tours and holidays and adventures in the Jaguar Enthusiast Club. Hi, Pete. Hi, Wayne. How are you? Very well, thanks. Excited is what I am. Excited to hear about where you're taking us this year. Uh, excited to hear about a brand new event that you are previewing for us and launching here on the podcast. Um, so give us an overview of 2022 to come then. What have we got in store over the next few months? Where are we going and how can people get involved? Well, 2022, uh, thank God we've got the, uh, the manacles off regarding COVID and the cars are now hitting the road. Uh, we've got two tours at the moment who are in Austria on the Austrian tour, uh, which is giving some good feedback at the moment. Uh, within a couple of weeks, uh, Jules, my wife and I, we're heading off to Brittany and the Loire to run the Spirit of the Entente, which uh, is running there for just under two weeks, which we're looking forward to. I'm hoping the weather stays like it is because it's cracking the slabs here at the moment. Uh, then uh, JC Touring goes off to the Isle of Wight um, for quite a, a local uh, uh, meet there. We've also got the Celtic Classic, 
which is a big event going on in uh, Ireland. Um, Aston Martin and Jaguars are the marks of honour there. So it means that our cars will be at the forefront of the photographs. Um, there's all sorts of connections with the Titanic Museum and the Giants Causeway. So uh, don't forget to take your cameras together on that one. And then later on in the year, we have got the tour to Lake Garda in Italy. Uh, which is uh, well booked up. Uh, that's, that's a tour that's been rescheduled a couple of times because of COVID. And also, just after that, we've got uh, the European Rally, which I'm looking forward to discussing in a little bit more detail later on during the podcast. And then we wrap the year up with the uh, Southwest Rally, which is Devon and Cornwall, and that's very, very late September, early October. So a busy year this year for getting your cars out and seeing some new places. And a huge amount of variety there as well, Pete, from the middle of Italy with Lake Garda there um, and Ireland more local as you said with the Isle of Wight it's really nice that you're able to give people a really good spread of different events that would I guess appeal to different ideas of what an adventure would be that's that's right some people are very versed to traveling hundreds and hundreds of miles and don't mind traveling down to Italy and catching all of the views on the way because it's a wonderful drive down there especially over the mountains other people want to be a little bit closer to home um it, it depends what confidence you've got in your own abilities for driving aboard and also what confidence you've got in your own vehicle um so uh yeah we we, we try and supply something for all uh likes and tastes to be honest so by way of a reminder of how these tours work explain how the typical jc club tour is um it's not as if you sort of follow everyone in convoy is it for the whole weekend you have a lot of freedom to go out and explore places along the way but there is a set route so explain the format explain what sort of support is on offer for those attending and explain how it is when you're out on the road yeah wayne having just done this for the spirit of the entente it's fresh in my mind Uh, we do come up with route plans for the best routes and those routes are normally chosen to give the easiest ride for some of the older cars, but also to try and give you the best countryside of the area that we're visiting. Um, Having said that, we also say take your own GPS because it may be you want to take a different route. But more importantly than that, if we recce the routes out a month before, you can't guarantee that the police or the gendarmes have closed one of the roads because of some issue or somebody's retarmacking somewhere. So although we've got specific routes, we do maintain a sort of disclaimer that, well, make sure you've got a GPS just in case uh, anything changes. What we normally find is that uh, people go or establish colleagues if they're traveling abroad on the, on the ferry or whatever, And we find that normally the cars go together in twos or threes or the individual blast along to the next uh, session. Some people like to get from A to B as quickly as they can. Other people like to enjoy the scenery. But what you can guarantee is that everybody comes together in the bar at the end of the day and discusses the the highlights and the faux pas of the day. And we have a real good laugh. And the uh, the camaraderie is, is normally superb in the evenings. And quite often in those evenings, everyone gets together, friendships are formed, and also uh, little groups that want to do the same thing the next day are formed, aren't they? That's right. Um, we do have a lot of return people coming on the tours, uh, and th- those friendships are being forged. And I think people look forward to spending time with friends as much as they do coming out and seeing the country uh, with us. So, um, yeah, it, it's a real convivial event with, with everybody. 
Well, you've sold me, Pete. I'm getting ready. I'm packing the car and I'm getting the passports out. I'm ready to roll. Uh, what's the biggest event that you think you can unveil for us here on the podcast? And you know which one I'm kind of alluding to because I don't think we've spoken about this one before. It's something of an exclusive launch on this episode, isn't it? The concept really is in two reasons. The first reason is 20% of our membership live outside of the UK. Uh, and most of our events currently are predominantly for the UK members. Being one of those that live outside the UK, and I live in the southwest of France, I want to organise events that can be inclusive to all and not sort of based around uh, people from the UK. So that, that's the one, the one part of, of the concept behind it. The other side of the concept behind trying to get this rally to work is I want to develop and build on what the club currently has regarding touring. We've just talked through what's going on in 2022, and we normally have between four and five unescorted tours per year. Those unescorted tours are working really well. We, we build them together with our travel uh, partner, touring partner, which is Signic Tours. and. Every year we have some really favourable responses back at the end of those tours so people are enjoying them. Um, as I said earlier, Jules and myself, we're off to look after the Spirit of the Entente in two or three weeks' time. And this is our one escorted tour of this year. Now, I, I believe there's a need to build on escorted tours. I think there's a lot of people who like the idea of an escorted tour. The difference between the two is on an escorted tour, you have a representative who's with you. In this time on the Spirit, it's Jules and myself. And we're there to help if anything goes wrong. We're there to sort any issues out. The other large thing is on a escorted tour, we have a backup vehicle, which gives people a lot more confidence to take their own cars on these tours because the backup vehicle comes with a fully qualified Jaguar mechanic and we get boxed packages of spares from, uh, from SNG Barrett which are there in the back of the backup vehicle. So if there's any issues with any of the cars on that tour, we should be able to effect a roadside recovery and get the car running again. Also, if we have major problems, we can then call, uh, effect the shipment of the car back, etc. So, So that gives the people on tour a little bit more confidence that their car will be okay for, for the length of the tour. And as we said earlier, some of the tours in Europe are quite significant mileages. So, Building on the uh, the spirit of the Entente, I, I want to I want to grow the escort the escorted side of tours, and I think the best way to plan and organise these tours is by involving the local people who live in the country of the tour. So I've already started establishing contact with 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 our members in Austria, uh, Italy, Spain, France here, um, and I'd like to expand expand that network of contacts so that we can. We can work together and make this happen. So the tours won't just be people coming across from the UK, but they involve the people who actually live in the countries as well. And it's those people who can open doors for me that will make the tour in their country a lot more enjoyable. Hence, the idea was to get these people together and try and start forming a community. And I had this idea to put the European rally together. I wanted to put it together on a neutral basis so there was no region that were hosting. So everybody came as, as guests. And I wanted the rally to be inclusive uh, with a reason for the rally, which will be the beautiful scenery of where it's set in and a couple of events to go to, some car tours on there. But 
also that we get together in the evenings and sharing some good food. We can get together, talk. We can we can start growing relationships, and I can form this network of people so we can work together for future uh, JEC tours. And that is the reasoning behind the European rally. Some people will say, well, why hasn't it been announced before now? Well, we've been working on it for quite some time. But with the world situation, it's been quite difficult to pinpoint a date in the diary for this to happen in confidence that we can all do it. But I think we're there now. We've set this weekend for the 23rd, 24th, 25th of September. So it's the back end of the sort of touring calendar year for this year. Um, I've also done this in conjunction with the Dordogne Tourism Agency. So we are meeting, or I'm proposing this meet in the southwest of France. It's a beautiful region. I've arranged it with the Dordogne Tourism Agency because they, as I've said earlier, can open doors for me here that I couldn't otherwise open. Mm -hmm. And when I go through the itinerary way, I'll, I'll sort of highlight in what the, the, the benefit is in, in working with the Dordogne Tourism Agency. And I will probably look to work with these sort of agencies with tours in the future. So that's the sort of background behind why I've put this together and why I'm trying to make this, this work and who it's going to work for. Fantastic. It sounds excellent to me. So it's three days, two nights, 23rd to the 25th of September 2022, and we're calling it the European Rally. And this is just one of those events you just don't want to miss, really. Um, as Pete says, it's the very best of the Dordogne region in the south of France, which, if you don't know where it is, is kind of between the Loire Valley and the Pyrenees. And the Pyrenees are stunning as well. Um, incredible part of the world. Some amazing roads around there. Very quiet roads and top-quality tarmac, I have to say, having done a number of rallies in that part of the world myself over the years. The price is in euros, Pete. So why is that? Explain. Well, the price is in euros because uh, it is a European uh, event. Um, it is based at the uh, our members who, who, although I say it's based at our members who live outside of the UK, it's based at all of our members. Anybody can come. But uh, we are paying in euros down here in the Dordogne. I've spoken with James, our, our club uh, manager, and he can quite happily accept uh, payment both in uh, euros and in pounds. But the reason for putting euros on, on, on the price uh, tag for the, for the brochure is to sort of reinforce that it is inclusive for our European friends and it's based for our European friends. So hopefully that gives that inclusivity for everybody rather than, than, than the just for UK um, uh, members. Some people will be listening to this thinking European rally, the word rally gives connotations of regularity stages, checkpoints and tulip diagrams, but it's none of that, is it? It's none of that. It's none of that. No. Where are we going, Pete? As you said, on Friday, the 23rd of September, we're arriving at Saint-Evit, which is very, very close to Salas on Canada, which is a beautiful area of the Dordogne, very close to the Dordogne River. And the idea is to arrive in the afternoon. We've, we've booked a residential park, which is a park over many, many acres with cabins and uh, chalets in. Uh, the reason for that is it gives us accommodation for between three and 500 people if, if, if we get that many people coming. The other big thing there is we've got really secure parking for the cars because everybody parks their car by the side of the chalet. The gates are locked to the park overnight, so it gives real confidence in the security to the cars. 
So we arrive there on Friday afternoon, the 23rd of September. Everybody sort of gets gets ready for, for the weekend. And we've got a cocktail uh, aperitif. And then we've got the main dinner for Friday night, which is our sort of introduction dinner. And I'm sure it'll be great to get to know people and talk over that dinner and, and establish relationships. So we've got all sorts of gastronomy of the region for, for, for dinner that night. We then take to our cabins for the evening and day two, day two is going to be a fantastic day. We're heading off for the Vizere Valley, where there is one of the most impressive concentrations of prehistoric sites in Europe. Uh, 15 of these sites has been declared a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And uh, the history, it comes there from over 400,000 years from prehistoric times right through. Um, Amazing. This is where all the cave paintings are, isn't it? This is the cave paintings. The the best set of paintings that we know of are in the Lascaux uh, Caves. And through the Dordogne Tourism Authority, we've got exclusive access to this world-renowned set of caves for the Saturday morning. So... The drive to the caves goes through some very, very pretty villages. It's all organised. Again, as you said earlier, Wayne, people can wander off the organised track, but we've tried to to, to make sure that the the, the tour takes you through all those mouth-watering places that you want to see. So again, don't forget your cameras. Uh, We're in Lascaux then for uh, exclusive access to walk through the the, the cave paintings, etc. for the morning. And we're eating at Lascaux in their exhibition hall on the Saturday lunchtime. The afternoon carries on. <laughs> we then head off for the afternoon. We are departing for Audrics. I don't know if I pronounced that. It's probably Audrey, uh, where there is a crystalline cave underground, which has been developed from crystalline deposit deposits, and it's called here the Crystal Cathedral. Again, we've got exclusive access to enter into the cave, and which is what's even more exciting. They're going to allow us to go into a new rotating basket which allows you to be dropped down into the cave, giving you a 360 degree vision. This normally isn't available for the general public. So again, another benefit of working with the Dordogne Tourism Authority. Uh, And that promises to be a fantastic afternoon. So again, we're getting a little bit extra than what you'd normally get as a a normal tourist here. The route's there and back. We're trying to take you through the prettiest of villages, so it should be, if the weather's nice, which it should be at that time of year, it should be a fantastic drive. We come back then to the uh, to the residential park, and we've got a gourmet dinner planned for that evening, again, with the gastronomy of the region. And what I'm really hoping is the second night, you know, we, we've established the relationships, etc. cetera, and the second night, we can then start talking about the future and hopefully start establishing this network of people that uh, and contacts that can help develop and design, you know, future tours and really make it something special for our members, both UK members and our international uh, members. And this is the thing about this, isn't it? It's because you've based it in Europe and around local people taking part as well. This is going to be a fantastic opportunity to make friends in France, in Spain, in the surrounding areas. Uh, these friendships will last forever. Absolutely, absolutely. And the weekend's not just for petrolheads like ourselves. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of French culture in it. There's a lot of French history in it. There's a huge amount of French eating in it, which I do too much of. <laughs> and there's also a drop of the old uh, French wine as well. So it should be a real convivial weekend. On the Sunday, we get up and we are departing for Saint Cyprien, 
which has got uh, one of the best markets in the uh, in the region. So uh, that could be good for people to have a little bit of a shop and look around. It's a beautiful place. And then we have lunch served within the uh, city of St. Cyprian. And uh, we depart after lunch. There are options to allow people to stay on a bit longer, but that's our organised weekend that we're having there. So that's the itinerary. It's it's a it's a fantastic weekend. I'm hoping my 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 hope is that people can enjoy themselves there, and as I said earlier, establish these relationships. And uh, it, I think it'll be really good for the club. You might think, listening to this amazing itinerary that Pete has put together, that this is going to be very exclusive and very expensive. Well, it is exclusive. You have to be a Jaguar Enthusiast Club member to attend, but expensive it isn't. Tell us how much this is per person, Pete. Per person, it's €470. That's amazing. I haven't come prepared because I haven't got the pound equivalent to that, but that's probably about £430 per person at the current exchange rate. Now, what that doesn't include, it doesn't include transportation to and from the event. So we haven't got anything planned to get people down through France to the event. It doesn't include personal expenses and it doesn't include insurance. But everything else, food, drink, um, entrance fees to these different places uh, is is within that that price. So I I think it's a really good price. And it's a nice part of the weekend, actually, the journey down through France to get there. I know a lot of people will be considering taking a ferry hop maybe to Santander and coming up from that end. It's perhaps a slightly shorter journey, but actually, in, in fairness, it's not that much cheaper if you keep your right foot under control and you don't get to see France as you go through it. So uh, just make it part of the event, I would say, that journey down there and you can be enjoying it just as much. I, th- I think with the freedom on Brittany ferries, if somebody did take the ferry to Santander, it's about a four-hour drive with the Pyrenees to get to Sarlat, and then possibly take your time going back then through France and go via St. Malo or Cannes uh, to get back into Blighty. So, you know, it could be a real nice circular tour, which would uh, actually give you some beautiful French countryside during that tour. So it could be a really nice uh, few days away. And something I must mention, because I know it's something that I'm always concerned about when I'm going to a place I'm not familiar with, is what I'm going to do with the car while I'm there. Where's it going to be parked? Is it safe? But this is probably as safe as you can ever get, because you've got this sort of chalet set up in the hotel, haven't you? Where actually you park your car next to where you're staying. Exactly. You've got your own front door uh, to the chalet, and there's a, there's a parking place by the side. There's also going to be uh, a slight mini garage set up there. So if anything goes wrong with the cars, we'll have the capability to to do quick fixes and things like that. So cars-wise, everything is sorted out for them. Brilliant. Well, travelling is a lot easier than it was a couple of years ago. And a lot of the restrictions that we've been suffering over the last two years have been lifted. So, Pete, what's the situation for this particular tour in France at the moment? I know they've got rid of the passenger locator forms that never really worked and just caused a pain in the backside when you returned anyway. Are there any restrictions still in place that we need to know about when travelling through France? Right, for those who are vaccinated and have got proof of their vaccination, which is via the NHS app, uh, or via the Toussaint COVID, which is here in France, travelling is, is much, much easier. Uh, coming uh, into France, 
I think you still have to sign an attestation to say that you're not bringing COVID with you to the best of your knowledge. Uh, sometimes the customs will ask for that. But apart from that, there is nothing else that you need to bring with you at the moment. Coming back into UK, it's even easier. There is nothing you have to provide to get back into the UK. All the doors are open within the customs now. All I would say is it takes a little bit longer to get back, uh, to get into France and get back into UK now, because obviously post-Brexit, we have customs on both sides of the channel. So there's two custom stops, uh, whereas it was a little bit easier last time because the, before Brexit, because the English and the French customs were all in one area, which made it uh, a little bit quicker. So... It's 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 much. It's getting back now to what it was before COVID. So I'm just keeping fingers crossed that the world stays like that and carries on opening up. And what about healthcare, Pete? What do we need to have in place when we go abroad? Uh, best thing for you to do is to bring your eHIC card with you. Um, that has now been remade uh, post Brexit, and that allows you then to claim back any costs that you incur out here for emergency uh, healthcare. Uh, you pay for it out here and then you claim it back once you're back in the UK. Also, I know there's some advice, especially returning from Europe, that your passport needs to be well in date, isn't there? Do we know much more about that? Obviously, it's got to be in date. It's got to be in date. And I think they're talking of at least six months in date. Something worth checking, I think, before you head out onto the European rally. Uh, just make sure your passport is well in date, I think. Of course, all the usual government websites can help you with the finer details there, but it was worth just flagging it for you. And this is great, isn't it? It must be great for you, Pete, as well, to be in the position now where having had a lot of stop-start with tours over the last couple of years, you can now th really throw your effort into putting together a really exciting program for JC members well yes Wayne we've had such a disappointing time over the last two years but it has given us time to sort of sit back and scratch our heads and say how can we make this better and to be honest this this idea of the European concept has come back through those times of how do we do things better and also you know I, I think bringing back the escorted tours in a different format which is sort of club ownership I think that's going to be a move in the right direction. We've got some fantastic ideas for years to come. And um, I'm looking forward to chatting with you on a subsequent podcast where we can give people a, a little hint as to what's going to be happening in 2023 and 2024. Absolutely, including trips to Le Mans, of course, for the centenary in 2023, 100 years of the 24 Hours of Le Mans. We have a tour lined up for you there. We'll give you more details on that as it emerges. But for now, if you want to read any more about the tours for this year, the 2022 programme, including, as Pete mentioned, the Celtic Classic in Ireland, this fantastic-sounding European rally in the Dordogne, the Isle of Wight, Lake Garda, and the Southwest Rally at the very end of the year you can see the full program at jc.org.uk forward slash tours and in particular if you want to be uh, looking to book and find more information about the european rally it is the 23rd to the 25th of september this year and you can find those details at jc.org.uk forward slash eu rally and uh, I know this is going to be a programme that you're going to ex expand on in future years, Pete, and you're going to be building teams to deliver touring as well, aren't you? I, I am, Wayne, yes. If I can just quickly say to what you said, uh, we've got the advert coming out for the, for the European Rally in the next magazine to hit the door, Matt. And the link that's on that advert will be up and live by this weekend. So the link gives all of the itinerary and all of the detail in it. So anybody looking for information, have a look in the next magazine. It'll be there.
And the teams, yes, we're looking to put teams together as well. So the teams will be uh, international teams. Uh, already started by building contacts. And it'll be great to sort of get ambassadors around Europe and, and the continent so that we can work together with those teams and build inclusive rallies for all of our members. It sounds great, Pete. It's great to have you busy with tours once again. And we'll put all the links to find out more information on the podcast description part of the podcast page at jcpodcast.com as well. And hopefully I'll be experiencing some of these tours and we'll be bringing you some of the experiences of those that have been out traveling in a future episode of the podcast as well. But for now, Pete Allen, the man in charge of JC Tours, the whole reason you join this club, isn't it? Surely to experience this sort of thing. Uh, thanks for joining us, Pete, and have a great time out on Spirit of the Entente. Thanks, Wayne. Talk to you soon. Cheers now. That's all for this episode of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club podcast. Don't forget to keep in touch with us here on the JC Podcast via www.jcpodcast.com. And you can get in touch with us very easily by using the voice recorder on there to leave us a message, or you can use the contact form if you prefer to write your messages. Don't forget, you can also join the Jaguar Enthusiast Club online by clicking the Join Today button on the top right-hand corner of the podcast page to enjoy all the benefits, plus the fantastic, glossy, 130-page monthly magazine that's all included in your membership of the worldwide Jaguar family that is the JEC. This is the Jaguar Enthusiasts Club podcast. Subscribe for new episodes at jecpodcast.com.